let's get started. Um, currently sat in uh, Paris, uh, Tris Ravel joins us today. Uh, Tris good is good morning, morning. Um, Tris is global sourcing lead for French healthcare unicorn Dr. Lib <clears throat> and founder of online community Growth Hacking Recruiters. Tris, great to have you. Welcome. How's it all going? Good, thanks. Thank you very much for having me and inviting me. Super excited to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. I already feel like the 29 minutes, 28 minutes we have left isn't going to be enough. So I'm going to jump, <laughs> going to jump straight into it. Um, now, I'm sure many listening in already know you well. Um, but for those who don't, can you tell us a bit about your story? Um, have you always been in Paris where you're, where you're sat right now? Uh, well, I've definitely not always been in Paris. I'm originally from London. Um, so, <laughs> no, uh, is the answer to that one. I um, Actually, it's interesting, not many people know this. My parents retired to the to Bordeaux when I was 16, so that's why I speak French. Um, I did my apprenticeship as a chef at the Ritz in Paris. So, uh, back Very in nice. the day when I was 18, yeah, a long time ago, I learned how to work hard and, uh, and speak French. Um, but uh, in the last 10 years, I've been working on recruiting. It's kind of a... Um, a passion thing as much you know being a chef I recruited teams and that that, that was far more interesting than cooking for other people <laughs> uh, so yeah I worked um, I worked in some cool startups in London I worked um, so I worked in an agency first um, which specialized in startups uh, propel and then uh, from propel I went in-house to blipper and then um, list.com um, I think you had Matt Fredburn so I was there before he was at list and then um, and then I went to Indeed and I worked in, out of the Dublin office in Indeed, running sourcing in Europe. Um, so, so helping them recruit in eight different offices in Europe. And then two years ago, we had a baby and I was living in Dublin and my wife was living here. And uh, we made the decision to, to live here. So we took uh, some time out and then I joined Dr. Lib about a year ago now. Awesome. So been at Dr. Lib for a year, one of Europe's you know, hottest startups, arguably. Um, recent unicorn. Can you tell us a little bit about you know, the organization, its vision, its mission, and how your role kind of plays into helping the organization achieve that? Sure. So when I joined Dr. Lib, there were 650 um, people working for Dr. Lib in France and in Germany. Um, the, Dr. Lib is an app which the French love and they use all the time. Basically, it allows you to book um, an appointment with a medical professional online um, in the simplest manner possible. So uh, it's a real startup. It's been around seven years. It was founded by three um, young Frenchmen uh, who, uh, you know, literally went and knocked on doors, sold Dr. Lee before it was uh, to doctors, before it even existed. And, and when they started, it's a really nice story. You know, they, the, the day they launched the site, they had 40 paying customers. Um, today, we have 125,000 doctors working with us, 2,500 hospitals and clinics, um, and from dentists to uh, to physiotherapists, psychologists, um, through to your, your, your generalist. Um, about 52 million unique users a month in France and Germany. Uh, so it's pretty big. But what we actually build, we don't really, the booking piece is a tiny bit of what we build, right? Mm -hmm. Like what we build at Dr. Deep is systems that help interoperability, security, um, and diary management, uh, clinic management within, within, the, within the, the doctor space. So it's a big SaaS platform um, with uh, lots of cool stuff. In the, the coronavirus period, um, we made our tele, telehealth product free for everybody to use. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, allowing people to go to the doctor without leaving their house, which is kind of cool. Um, we had to, yeah, it's kind of worked really well. We had 125,000 people using that a day during like, the peak of the, the, the COVID wow. situation. So, awesome. Yeah, kind of no, we, Very cool. Very, very cool. And we spoke earlier this week um, and many months ago, um, you know, about scale in, in various locations. Um, you know, you only have to look at kind of the the LinkedIn presence of the organization and kind of see the uh, onboarding uh, pictures and the many, many people, you know, smiling and waving in those. Um, it's clear you've had a very successful year. Um, and I mean, I personally, and I'm sure the listeners would be super interested to understand kind of what's worked best when it comes to attracting and hiring technical talent for, for Dr. Lieb over the last sort of six, 12 months. So, I mean, before we go to just what works best, it's just kind of put in situation. When I joined the, the team, there was five, six recruiters um, mm. in the tech organization um, and about 20 recruiters across the board. Today, there's about 40 recruiters um, here at Dr. Leap. Uh, we have a team based in Berlin that do business, a team based in France that do business. We have a global team uh, that are working on the HQ uh, roles. And then we have a tech team, which is spread across, um, across Europe. Um, what works best for me and is always is collaborating with engineers. Like mm. there is no doubt that, the, the, that what we have worked on is how do we help the engineers look cool and be proud of their work and then that attracts other engineers. So um, I, I, I prepared, prepared a little deck here for you guys um, just to show you a little bit um, what we did. Um, but basically it started with this. It started with setting up a, the, the Medium blog they already had. So they had um, medium.com, which is the screenshot here. Um, and one of the engineers came to me in my first couple of weeks and was like, I really want to start a newsletter um, internally to, to, to just collect all of the links that we share with each other um, and, and make sure that everyone sees them and, and document that. So mm-hmm. um, we, with those two kind of like main pieces, what we did is we, we, we kind of just growth hacked our way to increasing inbound volume, um, increasing response rates, increasing the qualified number of engineers into our pipeline. Um, and I, I, gave you, I wanted to give you guys a, a really kind of realistic example. So recently we opened an office in Nantes. Um, and this shows you that so this is the number of applications we were getting per week um, on the full stack engineering roles in Nantes. Um, and this is the point where we're like, oh, we're never going to fill these jobs. We've got like 15 jobs to fill there. Um, so we first of all, we worked really heavily on working that inbound um, that, that job ad, making sure the messaging is really, really good. And then from the messaging, we added in a, a blog post. So we added that blog post to, and boosted it um, online. Um, and the, the beauty of this is that um, with a little bit of clever growth hacking, so with you know um, using some targeted ads on LinkedIn, um, using some, some retargeting, and then using email follow-up, so another excuse to, to source the, the people again and re-talk to the people we've already talked to in the industry there. And then loads of collaboration with our hiring managers, we were able to smash those hiring targets. We hired five engineers in a month off the back of this single campaign. And I think like that, that's the thing, like working with those engineers, collaborating with them, making them look cool and attracting other engineers is, was really, really important. And, um, and this is the really the killer slide. This shows you the number of leads we collect on a, on a monthly basis versus the number of blog posts that we do. And you can see the more blog posts there are, the more leads we get as an engineering mm-hmm. team. I think that's brilliant. Um, you know, we've spoken about this before, but quite often 
people, talent, recruitment, you know, how, however it's referred to in your organization, sit in their corner, headphones on, you know, sourcing, 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 screening, 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 um, as very separate entities from, from parts of the organization, which when I see it stresses me out because it is absolutely a, a collaboration piece. For those that want to do something like this, but perhaps aren't right now, could you give people kind of a little bit of a, a gauge on the level of kind of time commitment um, required from the engineering group uh, to help with this and, and, and other functions in the business and, and you know, your, your function as well? So uh, I think it's, it's key to say that, that engineers are going to be spending loads of time interviewing, right? So, so if, and, and one of the nice things about working at Doctor D, because it's a scale up and it's engine and, and recruitment is core to the business, our engineering directors, our engineering managers, 30% of their time is dedicated to um, recruitment. So if they're not recruiting, what we do is we make them source for us. Um, and we, and, and actually it's embarrassing, but engineering managers often send more messages than I do on LinkedIn. <laughs> Do you have a little we, conversion tussle with them? <laughs> yeah, we, you know, uh, who's got the best response rate? You know, uh, the truth is they have. Um, and, and getting that sense of collaboration is, is really key. So, so when this is, this is how we work, like when we sit down with our engineer, when we sit down with our engineering managers or sit down with a, a you know, SRE director, whatever it might be, and talk to them about like how, what they need to do to make the hires on their team. And often they have headcount plans of, oh, we're adding another four feature teams, six feature teams, whatever it might be. Um, we say to them that it's up to them to, to, to drive it forwards, you know, and, and they need to brand their team, um, share that message, work on that. And the investment is minimal though. Like, you know, we, we sat with a VP Eng and we can shoot a video in two minutes that mm. you send to people and it's super powerful because it works really, really well. And the, the conversion on the back end of the pipeline so that they're not talking to, to the wrong type of engineers um, is, 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 is just a time win. Um, to, to get it started, it feels really, really difficult. So uh, my recommendation is to identify the people that are already blogging in your organization, already tweeting, already already have some form of social presence. Most There's always one or two in an engineering team that do. Um, and, and then just leverage those people first um, to write some content and then, and then from there. And we, we, we invest loads in it. Um, we have a, a, like a, a little a guild that we call it, where we, we, we talk about it, we have plans, we have meetups, all this kind of stuff um, to organize and, and, and our own hackathons, all this kind of thing, to show that we're investing because we're using open source technology mm. um, to build products for doctors. Like, I mean, we're, us investing back in that community, investing back in the engineering communities um, and, and spending time with them is key. Perfect. There's some really interesting points there and one that's been very consistent throughout the series when speaking to sort of TA and, and sort of people leaders is the organization being allowed to put time aside or a portion, a large portion of their time for recruitment. If that's not being done, you're going to fail. Facts. You're going to hit bottlenecks. And then the bit I like the addition from you is helping people understand you can be creative with that time. That doesn't just need to be interview slots, right? That could be the iPhone, um, doing the video, that could be the blog post, it can be then sourcing, paired sourcing, you know, any number of different things. Brilliant, thank you. So you've got a bag of experience in, in a number of really cool companies that you've mentioned, Blipper, List, Indeed, now Dr. Lieb. What are some of the, the biggest learnings that you've, uh, you've had along the way when scaling tech teams? 
and I'm sure there are many. So pick a few. The biggest learning, I think. Um, I think now, anytime someone says to me, "I want to build a, in a big engineering org," I tell them, "Let's start with the leaders first. Um, I, I, there was a time when we would try and hire the whole team at once. That never worked. It's always best long term to start by hiring your leaders. Um, so, so for me, when I when I look at okay, we're going to scale this office, or we're going to scale this team, or we're going to scale this, uh, you know, we we literally you know, we go line by line in the headcount plan and, and say when can we put them in and, and really time it um, really nicely. Uh, the other thing is, you know, like it's completely unpredictable. <laughs> scaling an organization recruiting uh, wherever you are in the world is going to be unpredictable so so just you know uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket and, and really kind of you know look at it as building machine um and building this is this is how we we talk about it we, we keep the machine running right like we keep this big pipeline of um of of engineers of, of, of content of job ads of interviewing of all of this kind of stuff and it's a big machine that makes the hires um and, and there's a big shift, I think. So when you're a really small startup, it's like super uh, artisanal is the French word, uh, you know, like like home home cooking, right? Um, and and I really believe that like that this shift that has to happen when you scale from like a one by one approach to okay, how do we hire ten of these? How do we hire twenty of these? How do we hire fifty? Um, and 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 for me, that's kind of the the when I was at List or a Blipper, it was very artisanal and, you know, we're hiring kind of the first 50 or the first 100 people mm -hmm. uh, or taking them from 50 to 180, whatever that might be. Um, and that was very different to going to Indeed where when I went to Indeed, it was from 4,000 to 10,000 people. So the machine was gigantic. And, <laughs> and but doing that meant that we were working with really cool people like labor econo econo economists, um, analysts, data scientists um, to figure out like, what we needed to to to, make, to hit those targets, those account planning, um, yeah. and just kind of that shift in recruiting mindset from, like you know, just hiring a first person is really different to hiring fifty engineers. Very different, and I think often organisations um, and recruiters as well, and it's not their fault. But if you've worked at, I see this happen a lot. You know, persons work for large, hundreds of hires per year organisation. Then their next role is head of TA in sort of seed series a type organization going from that 20 30 40 50 upwards it's a very different beast very very different and, beast. and you don't have the brand right like we're really lucky look at it the second uh most trusted brand in france um according to yougov um and and that mission is really easy to to get across to people when you're a startup like when i went to blipper not many people knew us so it was a lot of um convincing people uh, that, mm. that this was the right place for them to come and work and I, I really believe this like when you're really early doors you should talk about the challenge more than you should talk about like the cool startupness and mm -hmm. I definitely made those mistakes um, like oh this, we're a super funky startup blah 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 and actually what we should have been talking about was like this is going to be really hard work this is not fixed there's lots of stuff to do here um, yeah. and, 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 and you know selling the opportunity in the way that Look, this is not, there's not, there's everything to be built, um, but you're going to have to work hard to do this. For sure. Over your many years in the, uh, in the talent space, what would you say is the biggest uh, BS advice um, when it comes to scaling tech teams and sort of what's one myth you think desperately needs to be debunked? My myth is, uh, I, we, I, I thought about this, we talked about this on the desk yesterday, like we were, we were chatting about, um, about what what did we think would be the the, the thing to do? Um, 
the myth I find myself always debunking is smart people don't apply for jobs. That's completely not true. Smart people know where smart jobs are. Um, everyone says, oh, you've got to go out and source and headhunt. And, and I know that a lot of young founders, early doors founders don't advertise their jobs. They just headhunt for them um, on LinkedIn, you know, glass of red wine after a long day work and start messaging people. I, I know this happens a lot in, in startup land. But in fact, if you like the people that are looking for those opportunities where they're going to be building an organization, um, the people that are looking for the opportunities where they're going to be doing something cool, building something new, um, that's a specific type of person. And they are looking for those jobs um, and they do apply for them. And to give you uh, two little anecdotes, when I joined the team, they were hiring six full stack engineers a quarter, seven full stack engineers a quarter. And uh, one of them would have applied. Um, mm -hmm. Today, we hire 25, 30 full stack engineers a quarter and 50% of them apply. Um, and then 30 of them are referred. So actually like the sourcing is, <laughs> is easy. <laughs> um, when you look at that from, um, and I watched you present something like this, uh, a conference in Berlin, when you look at the labor um, required in each of those different, um, I guess, channels, um, the, 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 the recruiter, the source of sourcing is the most, you know, energy spent, right? Yeah, it's, it takes a lot of energy and, 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 and it takes a lot of time to source people and put them through your, through your interview process it has to be different. Like, so there's a more investment on, on all, all sides of the thing. I'm always one for, I'm lazy, right? Like I'm one for going easiest route first. So, you know, write, write, write an authentic job ad and, and, and post it. And, and it doesn't have to be a massive essay. It can just be three paragraphs. Um, people, the right people will apply for it. Um, and uh, and crazy people do apply for jobs. Like we have people applying from LinkedIn, Google, Facebook. Um, and I think that that's when the brand helps, but but, but they do apply. They generally do apply. We, we, just to give you another anecdote, we advertise a data scientist job um, on Tuesday. And yesterday the recruiters were complaining because they had 250 applicants. There isn't a common complaint for a position of that nature, is it? No, <laughs> <laughs> really. really. They were like, oh, we're going to turn it off now. Cool. So you guys have got it sussed in terms of how to bring talent into the organization. Um, the engineering teams have got time allocated. Now we're on to kind of assessing the technical talent, both for, I guess, proficiency or skill, and then culture ad is the, the phrase we prefer to use, but, you know, their fit inside, in, inside the organization. So when you're at a startup, or a scale-up phase, you know, what, what should the process look like? And I think often they can be different. Um, so we, we see ourselves as, as our job is to protect our engineering teams from not talking to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that means a, a large amount of calibration at the beginning of the, the, that conversation. So we, when we sit down with our engineering managers, we ask them, what are the questions you want? What are the skills you're looking for? What, what can we ask them in terms of, cultural fit right like and, and i think that that's key we put code in production three times a day um and everything is tdd automated tests like crazy so from from a technical assessment i can't tell you how good someone is at writing ruby but what i can tell you or javascript what i can tell you is have they worked in that kind of environment have they worked in um and it you know in a large collaborative team so they worked on these same kind of ideas um, or are they interested in working on those kind of ideas 
Um, and then we put a technical test straight away afterwards. And that technical test is marked by software engineers. Um, and it's a it's a technical test of the same one that's been used at Dr. Lee um, since the beginning, which is a feature request. So actually, like, it's very representative of the work that you would do in the organization. Mm -hmm. um, hack, I know there's lots of cool, like, hacker rank and uh, coding games, all these kind of cool, like, startups that, that do allow you to, 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 to test to begin with, um, and they work. But if you can build a custom test, then, then that's the thing. Once, so the software engineer then marks the test, and if that goes well, then we pull the candidate on site or, or, or onto remote interviews. Um, so I don't pretend to, 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 to try and, uh, and, and, and say how good someone is technically, but I can tell um, from a recruiting perspective, like what kind of project someone has worked on, what kind of um, environment they've worked in, and, uh, and, and kind of the idea is that we protect the, the, the engineer's time so that they speak to the right people. Um, and we, so we have like uh, cultures, like let's sorry, values that represent our culture, um, which have been worked on over the last, you know, seven years, it's super internal. Um, and, and, and we assess to those, cult, those values within the organization. So in, that means user first, um, secure and reliable, um, learn and grow, all of these kind of like things which are very key to our engineering org. Um, and that's what the recruiters do, and then it's a technical test, and then if they could, they pass, then we can push them through to the next one. Cool. And I think the the point that you made about recruiters being able to ask relevant questions, mm -hmm. as basic as it sounds, the recruiter can understand a lot. Um, and if we look, we did this exercise for a, a project recently when looking to increase um, conversion through the funnel, and you know, looking at rejection reasons and understanding why people are failing and then building that back to the start of the process a lot of the or a number of the rejections were around engineering culture where the person has come from um, and their adaptability to to the new environment so there are lots of things that can be done to protect engineering managers time and for me engineering time and efficiency you know through the funnel are absolutely key things to track and if you're not you're kind of not doing your job, I think, as a TA person in the organization. Especially as an internal, right? Like, like you need to, to be working directly with your, your engineering directors and, and so on and so forth. I, I do like to challenge my engineering managers sometimes. Like, I do like to push them, you know, and put people that might, you know, not come from the right organization, but really, really want it. Because mm -hmm. that's the other thing as well. Like, like if someone, is, you know, is really, really wants it and can prove that through the interview process, um, then there's no reason why, you know, you should... Uh, that's the culture ad that you're looking for. And, and I think that kind of is a, the, the same across early stage to, to, to big startups um, and to big organizations. Like, like for me, what's really, really key is, is what people want to do, like what people want to do with their career, where they want to go. And if they can persuade you that they're going to add to the culture by, um, by being that person that wants to do it, then, then that's, that's super key. Um, in terms of the org, the team, the, the structure, structure of how it's built. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, and something I know you're you're passionate about, and people can you know check out your your groups and uh, YouTube vids and all this kind of stuff. But you know, internet-based um, sourcing and, and that approach to talent acquisition is something that you're you're clearly very passionate about. Um, can you? I guess give some practical advice on how early stage companies um, could start to adopt that approach to support technical hiring. We're talking early stage, one recruiter, no recruiter type type organization. 
So um, normally, you, if you have engineers, they're spending time on GitHub and Stack Overflow, um, which is actually like where most engineers hang out, right? Um, and I think that the simplest piece of advice is it's way more powerful if an engineer sends another engineer a message saying, hey, your project on GitHub is cool. Uh, maybe you'd be interested in having a chat about joining our team. Like, and, and it's two sentences. And it's, uh, for me, like just doing simple things like that will, will get you started. And, and uh, the, the, the co-founder of Dr. Talib, one of the technical founders, um, Jesse, like he still does that today. And, you know, having a message from a co-founder of a super cool startup on GitHub is like awesome, right? It's super powerful. Um, and, 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 and I think that, that because, you know, as a manager, as a leader in, in your organization at, at the early stage, you are way more um, powerful in terms of knowing the messages to share with people. Um, and, and so just, just do it and just network and referrals is key actually. Like uh, lots of, as you said, I do loads of internet sourcing, but, um, one of the, the things that we like to do is look at other people's networks in the organization and source through their referrals mm -hmm. um, because, you know, that that's super easy to get responses versus cold sourcing on LinkedIn and, and people that never heard of you. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're if you're in a if you've got three people on the team, just make it a little ritual to spend 10 minutes uh, connecting with one person a day, two people a day. You don't need loads. Um, yeah. And and. If you know the the rule that we use rule by rule of thumb is out of every ten messages you send, one will be interested. Yeah, and sorry recruiters, swallow your pride here. The engineering leadership or an engineering team are going to get better results than you. Like, don't. I've had this conversation with recruiters before in the past. You know, part of your job is enabling that organisation to succeed at hiring. It's not necessarily how good you think you are or the results you make or you've sourced ninety eight percent of the candidates. You know, it's about helping that organization succeed from a hiring perspective and you know one of those things you can do is help the business understand how they can help otherwise you're going to be stuck in the corner that recruiter with the headphones on um having a very transactional relationship with your business that will have to source almost all of your candidates so uh great advice um we're running we're running out of time here as i suspected but um so from a sourcing channel perspective um you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what channels do you think are kind of un untapped, probably isn't fair, but kind of too rarely used um, when it comes to sourcing um, for tech organizations? And, and where do you think many recruiters and sources are, are possibly missing a trick? Um, I'm going to be really cheeky and say Google. Um, <laughs> like, and, and, and specifically, when you're hiring like web developers, they almost always have their own little website that they built at some point during their career, um, whether it's a portfolio or an about me or something. Um, you can just search for a resume or CV, the location you want, and, and start to find you know, uh, people's portfolios, people's websites online and, and, and genuinely like that's such a more powerful place to make a connection when you source by someone's portfolio or someone's website uh, than, than um, anywhere else. I have a website. <laughs> You've probably got several. <laughs> the, the level of effort I think is recognized by people when you reach out to them, you know, through quality of outreach and where you found their profile and, you know, not the lazy email, right? Um, so, Excellent tip. So 
a couple of closing questions. Um, is there anything that you listen to um, or watch for inspiration, sort of particularly right now? Apart from I am such a Gary V addict, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he is high energy, very high energy, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Gary V. I'm a big fan of Mike Winnett on LinkedIn. I think he's hilarious. Um, I, 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 I'm really impressed with the guy from Carew. I think his like uh, his marketing is really fun as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, like I spend too much time on LinkedIn. So <laughs> Simon Sinek. Yeah, you yeah. like the, you like a personal brand marketeer, quite outspoken. Yeah, definitely, and, and and real people like really authentic. Like for me, that's really important. Um, Action Bronson. Like, love that. Cool. So, last question, um, or I'm going to get shouted at um, for running over. Um, what is one kind of personal value, phrase, or, or thought that you you live by? Uh, if you're not failing, twenty percent of the time, you're not working hard. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm sure we could talk about this all day, um, but one, we're probably not allowed, and two, I suppose we best be uh, we're doing our day jobs. Um, so um, for those who love to get regular insights from Trist, uh, definitely join his Growth Hacking Recruiters Group on Facebook. Um, it's full of kind of really actionable and practical advice for, for talent professionals. Trist, thanks very much uh, for taking the time to join us. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Um, and there are too many pertinent points for me to try and, and draw one out, but I'm going to try and pick a, some really quickly. Um, protect the time of your organization to allow hiring to be successful is like a really common theme that's come out here. Um, you know, and if that's not being supported from, from senior leadership and executive leadership, like you're probably going to fail. Um, and the big bit around that is be creative with that time, folks. You know, use that time. To do any manner of things it's not just interview slots um and a big thing for me is you can hire great technical talent for job adverts you heard it here it's true <laughs> optimization <laughs> content <laughs>